Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to break down the LSU 2019 game the tiger bowl as some people like to call it i don't particularly like that name but you know whatever uh ben <laughs> how you doing after uh somewhat of a rough loss i mean we go down to death valley uh we we claw it out with uh the t- lsu t- uh tigers but come up short 23 to 20 uh ben how you doing you know the more things change the more they stay the same and it just it felt like, especially with some of the way the, the play calling was going, not only as far as like our offense and our ability to stop their offense, but also some of the, uh, you know, you know, I'll put it this way. I always thought there was bad blood in this rivalry, but apparently the offensive line loves our players because they were hugging on them all <laughs> night long. Yes, very true. Yeah, and if you you haven't seen the meme of uh, how much they love us, um, what was the meme? I had it somewhere. I just want to find someone to hold me like LSU was holding Derek Brown. Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that on the internet, just go and find it. It's everywhere at this point. But it's pretty exemplary of how how much love i guess they have towards her auburn offensive linemen or or defensive linemen sorry yeah. um that was <laughs> three-way loving right there yeah i mean two guys two men on either side of oh, him just gosh. bear hug <laughs> um yeah so i mean this was a a tough one i mean i i'm i'm not crushed by it going into it i think both of us we knew this was going to be a tough one you had predicted and like i did we predicted that auburn win would win by three points um but knowing that this could get go pretty much either way uh and i mean i'm i'm proud of our auburn auburn players i mean they did about as well as i was hoping on defense offense obviously lacked uh special teams Mm -hmm. did I mean, just about everything they could possibly do to help us. I mean, uh, we'll jump into the specifics later, but I mean, both defense and special teams, I'm so thankful for how well they played. Um, just kind of frustrated a little bit with how things uh, played out on offense. Uh, let's jump into uh, a little discussion because I, I think that we need, before we jump into the specifics of, of the game, um, we need to take maybe a, like a step back and put this game in perspective uh, because we're at this point two thirds of the way through the season, eight games in. Uh, Auburn's now six and two. Uh, both of our losses have been to now Florida uh, and now LSU. Uh, both games, you could probably argue, 
we had opportunities to win both of them. Uh, and yet we were, com- we came up short on both of those. Uh, it is frustrating. Um, I, 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 I really, it's again, it's again, one of those, what ifs, like, what if we had just gotten that completion to Seth Williams when it wasn't a touchdown? What if we had made a field goal right after that? It's those kind of questions that played yeah. my mind. Or just kicked a field goal. We were in field goal range, kicked a yeah. field goal before half. Yeah. Would have been a long one, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, do something like that. And, uh, I mean, it's possible that we could have done something and, uh, that could have changed I, the game. I loved the ball. But it was dumb. <laughs> so, like, well, I was expecting. I, like I a, love the intensity right there. I, I was expecting a like a fifteen yard out or something, just real quick, get out of bounds, do something quick, uh, call a timeout, kick a field goal, that kind of thing. Uh, but hey, I mean that that was a Bo Nix scrambling. Kind of reminded me a little bit of. Uh, I mean, they're by no means uh, the the same player, but. Uh, reminded me a lot of Cam Newton in the SEC championship game where he scrambled around and threw it to the end zone. Just different in- outcomes to that play, but scrambled around just long enough to get it up in the air um, and get it get it out. Um, kind of a similar plays to those. Um, it definitely felt like the last play of the Oregon game. Oh yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, I love the intensity to throw to the end zone in this type of situation, but yeah. You got to go for the points. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this one's uh, – is it going to – like, does it – I guess, Ben, I guess this is a question to you. I know there's some Auburn fans out there that this one really hurts them. Uh, like, how much do, does it hurt? I mean, it, it it does hurt. It pretty much – the again, putting this game in perspective takes us out of uh, – probably there is still a chance of us going to the playoffs, but it's pretty – very unlikely yes Um, there's like how bad does this hurt uh you know going into this game we knew we'd have to play 17 players on the opposing side because all of the officiating was going to go lsu's way (laughs) just the way it is it's completely the way it is and that's fine you know we knew going into this that sec had their mind and hearts and money were probably betting like crazy yeah. on the profits they would see from a one v two matchup. Well, and even weeks. even Greg Sankey was there to make sure that it happened. I mean, I'm playing conspiracy theorist here, but yeah, he was there. He nah. was at the LSU Auburn game. <laughs> Imagine those ratings. Imagine all the money to be made. They were not going to let anyone stand in the way for that. And here's the thing: if we are up against a wall, we have to either blow a team out we're going to lose. We didn't blow the team out. Offense did not connect in a lot of cases. And you know what? When your wide receiver's getting thrown to the ground in the end zone and nothing's getting called, then you how are you going to how are you going to make that? But all that aside, there were a lot of easy plays that we just did not complete. Yeah. And did not do well. We did not execute as Gus likes to say. Yeah. And that's on us. You know, yeah. offensively, offensive production was bad. Yeah. Defense was amazing. Special teams was amazing. Look, LSU special teams is not very good. And we definitely exploited that opportunity anywhere we could. The offense of LSU, while explosive this entire year, we showed that when you get pressure on Joe Burrow, even when half your team is getting held and thrown to the ground and chokehold and everything else, <laughs> he is not as effective as a passer. Yeah. And 
you know, looking onto this game going into it, I said, you know what, guys, you just got to pin our ears back and go after him because after the first or second holding call, then LSU is going to have to stop doing that. And to an extent, I was right. I just did not expect the first holding call on the LSU offense to come in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, for sure. So, And, and the only other holding calls, if I remember correctly, that LSU it was, on a was punt. called for yeah, it was a punt, which, you know, ridiculous that's silly with uh, i mean even you you ben you you were kind of like compiling the list of screenshots of all of the different holdings and at least there was insane at least five and those were just the ones that we caught um and it was pretty obvious sometimes like guys were getting thrown down on our defensive line i mean that that doesn't that show you something holding was going on i mean or even, I guess this kind of gets into our little bit of our ref rant, is, I mean, even Derek Brown getting poked in the eye, is that not hands to the face? How is that not called? I mean, something like that, I don't get. Like, when you see a guy like Derek Brown go down because he got poked in the eye, I mean, that that should be a sign something went wrong and LSU was frantically trying to stop <laughs> the huge boy Derek Brown from getting to to their quarterback. I don't know. Here's the thing. Austin DeCulis, the right uh, offensive lineman, held every single play. And it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, he he grabbed their jersey or whatever. He literally had his arms around the players' necks. Yeah. He threw players to the ground. He wrapped around their head and pulled them to the ground on almost every single play and never got called. I don't get it. You know what? I do the same thing if I'm that guy. <laughs> if I'm not getting called for this crap, yeah. I'm going to kick the guy and I'm going to throw him <laughs> on the ground and then I'm going to dance around. And, you know, it. it's ridiculous because yeah. this is a football game, right? And there's rules and they're supposed to be followed. But here's the thing. If the penalties are not thrown and if the refs are completely biased, which completely they were, obviously, yeah. then nothing is going to change. And the offensive line is going to do whatever they want to prevent our guys from getting through, especially if it's against the rules that are not being penalized. Yes. And, and I, I want to back up what you're saying with a quote from uh, and this was uh, uh, one of our defensive tackles uh Quintus Miller and this was on Twitter he said and this is his quotes on like what he actually said on Twitter and go go look it up he said ref told us we too good to get a holding call we're too good to get a holding call that shouldn't be the case SEC officiating there's nobody too good to not get a holding call what that just makes me so infuriated that we were considered too good of a defensive line to get a holding call there's again nobody too good to get a holding call every single player can get a holding call it's just it, that's the way it is i don't know that's just <laughs> that's the stupidest that got my, thing i've ever my heard blood boiling when i saw that and if that that quote is true the sec refs should probably clear house should talk to those whoever said that as far as refs and get them out immediately because that is no nah, man they were they were all told by sec officiating you don't call holding 
you don't call anything that could potentially stop LSU if there's going to be a holding call on your first LSU touchdown, then you know what? Let him throw the guy to the ground because LSU needs to win this game to set up the 1v2 matchup where we're going to make tons of money. And you know what? We'll pay you extra when that happens. Mm. Guaranteed. Hate it. Hate it. It's all about the cash. It is. I mean, and you know what? LSU and Alabama, one versus two. SEC having premier spots and potentially two in the college football playoff is way more money than Auburn beating an LSU team in Baton Rouge and then potentially taking one of those teams out of the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, it, I know that they want the money, but at Auburn's expense, it just it, it hurts. Because That's even if is. a couple, because even if a couple of those holding calls are made, even one or two out of the probably dozen at this point of in the game, uh, that probably because of how good Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and the other defensive linemen are, even if a couple of those are made, that pushes LSU back, and they may not, they may stall on on one of their drives, and yep. that could be the the change of the game, um, and I mean, that's why it doesn't get called. No, exactly. I mean... Because it very well could have changed the whole outcome of the game. Yeah, yeah. And so, turn a blind eye. We're too good to get a holding call. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um. And, and another thing, okay, so I, I kept hearing this uh, about the rest. Okay, they called it equally, evenly, or whatever. Okay, sure, we had a lot of false starts. Sure. Okay, whatever. You take those out. LSU had a lot of you know, late hits, that kind of thing, personal fouls. If you take those those kind of both of them out of there, I feel like Auburn still got way more penalized than LSU, or at least it felt that way. Maybe it's the orange and blue inside of my veins, but it sure seemed like that the game still wasn't called that equally. Um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Here's the thing. is like I don't care what the numbers are at the end of the game. It's when the penalties come. And when it matters, and when it stifles a drive, or when it prolongs a drive, yeah, that's how it played out. Yep, and and even that one, I mean, I th- it was almost just like a, oh hey, finally we'll give LSU a holding call. It was at the fifty seventh minute of the football game, and you finally give LSU's defensive line or offensive line a holding call. It took you fifty seven minutes to figure out that there was holding going on. Or is that just like, oh, we actually called a holding call. Good job, us. Pat yourself on the back. Like when it mm-hmm. when it didn't matter anymore. That was the reason. It didn't. It was stupid. And that actually, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but it actually paid off for LSU because then it gave them another, I think, forty seconds to run down the clock at the end of the game. I mean, not that it probably would have mattered. Even if we had gotten the ball, we still would have had to do something miraculous to drive down the field and get a field goal. But at least no, would have true. given us the option. It didn't kill the clock. Probably should have declined it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anything else about refs before we move on to... Uh... Nah, I mean, we can't we can't blame this whole thing on the refs. Oh, no, all... no, no, I'm not. That's true. Like, looking back on this, and I, I was going to be calm in this, and I was going to be cool, but apparently I'm still bitter. <laughs> so, sorry, everyone. I'm hurting just like you are. Yeah. But when you look at... The holistic game plan. Defense was amazing. Special teams was amazing. Offense still needs work. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't holistically the play calling. Like, we've got to, I think, 
criticize Bo here a little bit. Yeah. But I, like not everything is on him. I mean, there no. were times when wide receiver uh, wouldn't get open. For example, even Gus said there were times where Anthony Schwartz was the primary target. He wasn't open. Uh, and Bo had to go to somebody else. I mean, there were, there were other guys out there that, I mean, that didn't do their job. But, I mean, just being the head of the offense, you, you get well, the, some of the blame for it. You get blame when you throw erratic passes, overthrow wide receivers, yeah. underthrow wide receivers, or just throw it to who knows why or where. Yeah. And that happened a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pass right after the big run, or heck, we'll start the pass uh, before halftime. Yeah. Where it was, one, you throw that to the end zone if you're going to throw a deep ball. Mm-hmm. Two, throw it to where your player can get it. And, you know, we got to say hats off to the LSU defender because that was a heads-up play to get back there. And it just, it was not a good throw, though. Yeah, it really was And then another time Seth Williams was in the end zone right after the big DJ Williams run Mm -hmm. where he ran out of bounds at the nine. And Seth Williams got thrown to the ground, but the ball was overthrown. And so it was called uncatchable. Yep. I know that happened at least a couple more times. Yeah. You you got to you got to be on point if you're going to be throwing some of these passes mm-hmm. that if interference occurs, it gets called. Yeah, for sure. And those are and some of those even I was thinking, all right, those are just timing routes that uh he's missing like a, a quick slant. And that's something that in practice, even Gus was saying he he makes it could have been something like adrenaline and, and maybe that's true, but you have to slow down that adrenaline process. What's happening, make the accurate pass in a timely manner and keep going down the field because there, there are, there were a couple of catches that could have easily been made. He just threw behind the guy and that's frustrating or wouldn't even, it, it looked like there was miscommunication between uh, Anthony Schwartz and him running a certain route and he runs it five yards a little bit deeper and it's things like that that you need to figure out uh, and I, I'm treating probably this as more of this is a freshman and he's gonna he makes mistakes but he's better than this and I know he's better than this and it's just frustrating to see him only complete almost 43% of his passes and know that he's better than this that's just that that's what irks me knowing that he can make those plays. He's just not doing it on a consistent basis. Um, and it will get better. I, I get it, but I'm, I, I guess I'm calling for him to do more and be more accurate with them. Here's a question. Is it against the NCAA rules to hire Patrick Nix as a quarterback coach? Probably. I'm going to say Yes. Can we get that rule changed in the offseason <laughs> so we can hire him next year? That would be nice because he, he sure didn't know what to do with uh, Bo when he was uh, under his wing. Because Bo looked amazing coming into the season. Yeah. And I feel like he's gotten less amazing. I think at Is... moments he's fine, but it's like in the – like what what how did I describe this? It seems to be – okay, I'm thinking about the Oregon game. Games on the line, you got to drive down the field, score a touchdown to win. Same thing at the end of this game against yeah. LSU. You ha- you need to drive down the field, either get a field goal or a touchdown, 
at the end of the game with the you know three minutes or so left to play. You need to do that. What does he do? He drives down the field and does it. In the middle of the game, when it's when the game he can still it's like thirteen to sixteen kind of game, you have a chance. You have a chance to drive down the field and we just stall out and we have to punt. It just seems like we need uh in the middle of the game when it may not seem like it matters nearly as much for it to matter to our players and get that that going. Um does that make sense where I'm kind of going with that? No, for real. Intensity needs to be there for every play instead of just the last drive. Yeah. Got to got to play every set of downs like it is the game winning set of downs. Yeah, absolutely. Um while we're kind of still on Bonex, one thing positive that I did see and this is more of a play calling thing, but we did it and we did it successfully was a QB sneak. We actually did it twice. QB yeah. sneak on third and one, got a first down, and then we did it with fourth and inches. I mean, Ben, we got what you wanted. Are, are you pleased? I loved it. Yeah. I don't know if QB sneak is the best way to do it because I, I just wanted more under center play. I think that with the way that our team is running and the way that the offensive line produces, under center makes a lot more sense because they can get that push. Yeah. Especially for those short games. Yeah, for sure. Like anything third and three or something like that, line up under center. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we were able to do a couple QB sneaks, but we need to put at least a couple plays in our little bag of tricks where we truly line up under center and yeah. then run the ball with a running back. Yeah, true. Especially with DJ Williams. Like, mm-hmm. dang. Yeah, absolutely. Holy crap. What an impressive performance from him. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to shift over to talking about running backs? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Go for it. What what did you think of DJ Williams? All right, so look, 110 of his 130 yards came on two plays. True. But those were huge explosive plays. Yeah, they were much needed. I think in practice this week, we have him run a few 100-yard dashes and stay at least 3 yards away from the sideline. <laughs> And he'll be good. Yep. I mean, he was he went out of bounds pretty much unforced. I mean, there was a guy there, but he had, he if he had just stayed in bounds, if he had stayed in bounds, touchdown. Yeah. There's no reason to run to the side of the like. I know he's trying to get away from some guys and yep. make them make it longer, but yeah, you don't got to go all the way to the the very sideline. Exactly. You can stay near the hashes. Yeah. Um. How How do you think we also handled? I mean, obviously DJ Williams. Got the the workload, 13 carries, 130 total yards um, with that long of 70, and then also got that, what, 40 or 41-yard run. So both of those plays uh, were big and shows, uh, I mean, he, he can handle the pressure, which I think was a big thing, big question mark in my head, playing in probably his first really big game where he's uh, getting – a lot of carries. I mean, he did. I think he handled himself extremely well, um, especially since Booby still isn't a hundred percent. Okay, I mean, we we even had Booby out there. I mean, he's less than three weeks away from or from having the surgery. So I was kind of shocked. I mean, we get originally I... given the four to six week time frame, um, put him out there in some wildcat situations. What, I feel like that was say? too risky. Okay. And that we should have let Joey Gatewood run those plays. Okay. Because Joey, Joey is shifty, mm-hmm. and he can run the Wildcat, and we haven't really given him that opportunity. But 
like, why risk another injury to one of our, like, key players just to get him out early? I mean, I guess it sounded like he was cleared to play and Gus was like, we could use him. I mean, it did work when we came, when he ended up coming in for Wildcat. It was in the red zone. That's what I was mm-hmm. honestly thinking. And credit to uh, Drew Hooper. Uh, pre-game, he was thinking, because I, I, I was just trying to process, when are we going to use him? Uh, if we're going to use him in like special situations and drew was like, it makes sense in a, a red zone type situation where you need a big body in there and Bobby Whitlow. I mean, he got some extra yards in there, set him, set us up for that uh, touchdown. So, I mean, it did work. Um, but I kind of agree. I mean, it kind of puts him in harm's way when he's not a hundred percent. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm okay with it. I just, I'm glad he didn't get hurt. <laughs> Same. Uh, he did help our offense uh, either keep the drive going or honestly start that that movement again. So, I mean, it, he played a key role in it, but I don't know. Kind of, I don't know. Um, what did you think of how we use with Shivers a little bit? Uh, this game, he had uh, uh, four carries, wasn't a whole bunch. We mostly relied on DJ Williams. Um how do you think uh, we're using guys like Shivers um, against a team like LSU? Yeah, I think Sean Shivers is uh, tenacious. He's small and he's quick. He had an intensity that he brought to this game that was great. He's He's been a little chippy here of late, so I love the intensity he brings to the running game. Yeah. And it was good to see him you know, get utilized well, have a 13-yard long and some good production in yeah. the running game. Yeah, and even one of those... Uh, runs that he had he got hit in the backfield he because he's just so small and keeps his balance bounced off the guy and actually ended up getting some positive yards off of it uh and that that itself was just i'm I'm thinking i love that guy as much as he's a smaller guy he's not gonna be an every down back but man i just love having him on our team um kind of reminds me if you kind of reminds me of to like somebody like um uh, who was it? Um, trying to think on the basketball team. Uh, dang it. Now I'm forgetting his last name. Spencer horse Spencer. That's who it was. I was blanking on his name. Um, <laughs> but it reminds me of him. He's not always one of the best guys on the field or on the court, but the way he, he approaches the game is like, I don't care if I'm undersized, I will play my heart out and it shows. Um, and that, yeah. that's fantastic. If we want to compare him to a basketball player, I was thinking Jared Harper. Well, that too. I mean, guy who's a little undersized, but insane intensity, and he puts his body on the line every time. And I know we're not at a basketball podcast, but hey, (laughs) he he made it into an NBA game for the Suns. Are you kidding me? Okay, we'll leave that for uh, Inside the Jungle. But (laughs) I thought that was pretty neat. Definitely. Uh, Let's talk about our, our usage of Cam Martin, because... He only got, what was that, one carry? Is that right? Yeah, one carry yep. for two yards. And I think that was at the very beginning of the game. Why? Yep. I mean, like, he didn't grow his unicorn by any means. But... I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, He's got four games point, left. You're probably right. I mean, Booby's back. DJ Williams has definitely shown that he's fantastic. Harold yeah. Joyner didn't even get a carry. I was yep. a little upset about that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cam Martin, good luck, buddy. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I appreciate his leadership, and that's something that I probably have said on other podcasts. But he's he's a leader, and I'm, I appreciate that. 
Um, even though he's not getting the play time, he's still a leader. Um, so I think that's yep. a, a great uh, role for him on this team. He was right there with Chet at the prayer circle at the end of the game. Yeah. But besides that, uh, yeah, not 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 much seen from Cam Martin on exactly. the day. Um, wide receivers, how did you uh, see our performance? Uh, it seemed to be that we tried to get Anthony Schwartz involved a little bit more. He only ended up with three catches for 33 yards. Uh, Seth Williams had that uh, touchdown catch and uh, ended up with uh, 65 total yards and four catches. Uh, pretty decent performance from him, but there were definitely times where it seemed like like our wide receivers in general were just either not in sync or didn't make the catches when they needed to. And then uh, just seemed to be a little bit off uh, with what they were doing with Bo. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, we targeted Seth Williams three times more than he caught the ball. Uh, initially when we started the game, it seemed like the only player we knew to throw to was Eli Stove. Then we almost didn't target him again. Yeah, I know. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, it was good to get him in there. The really cool play on that was, what was it, like third and 16? Mm -hmm. And we did a little short dump pass to him and then just let his speed take over. Exactly. I thought that was pretty cool. I did not expect it to work, but it was a good play call. Yeah, exactly. And I think we did that one again. I can't remember. I, I, don't, I don't think it was as, as successful. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see what he's he's very much capable of. Um, and it seemed like uh, even though it, his targets were limited, uh, he seemed to make the most out of every one that he was actually able to catch. Um, and I always appreciate that about him. Though, again, he's such a playmaker I, I want to see him get the ball more than three times in a game um, with something. Um, yep. So that's a little criticism there. Um, Seth Williams, I mean, goodness. Uh, he he seemed to be kind of hot and cold. Um, made a great 50-50 kind of catch on the sideline when Bo was scrambling. Uh, somehow got back down in, uh, t- inbounds and made that catch. And I mean, it helped us. Um, but I mean, there, there's times where it just seemed like there were times Nixon Williams were not on the same page, uh, besides that, a few of his catches and that slant route that got him a touchdown. So I don't know. I mean, if two plays had gone differently, he would have had 120 yards and two touchdowns. You're probably right. So it, it's like what you said, they weren't on the same page every time. And then the defensive battle that was going on with Seth Williams, LSU clearly knew that was our go-to wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. And they were doing whatever they could to prevent him from catching the ball, regardless of if it was legal or not. Yeah. And it wasn't going to get called. So it it was a uphill battle for Seth Williams on the whole day. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then even another receiver that saw pretty limited action – uh, was Sal Canella, and I mean, he's. While I I do appreciate his ability to pass block or run block in situations where we need him to, uh, either you know put up a block for a screen pass or hey we're running the ball he gets a good block on his guy and pretty much takes him out of the play. While the while that is appreciated, it just seems like he can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> And there yep. were there were multiple times where I was thinking, "Dang it, Sal, just catch the ball." Um, 
and then even one one time where he's uh coming in and he uh blindside blocked a guy and got a penalty for it and I think probably rightly so but uh, I mean just plays where I was thinking dang it that could have been a huge play like that blindside block could have been a huge huge play DJ Williams you know goes down the field for like 40 something yards on a screen play and that got called back um because of of Sal I mean I don't know I mean maybe I'm just bashing on Sal but it seemed like why aren't we using other guys when it seems like Sal is kind of hurting us this game I don't want to say that Sal's been a disappointment but he has not been very impressive since the Washington game of last year yeah so you're talking, and even I mean, that like, was a surprise. So like 20 games later, <laughs> he's he's finally doing something. Or he well, hasn't he's, been doing anything. He still hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I, maybe he's out of position. I feel like he's built like a tight end, but we don't play him like one. We play him like a wide receiver, but he doesn't move like a wide receiver. And yeah, true. I think what Bo needs to do in a lot of his cases is throw it up higher. It's possible. Still, I wouldn't trust Sal to win a 50-50 ball. Mm-hmm. He hasn't proven to me that he can. Yeah, true. And that's not to bash the player. It's just, you know, we until see I what see you it. do week to week. <laughs> well, until I see it, I'm I, I I'm skeptical of it. Yeah. No, I I agree. I he I feel like there's other players that can fill his role within the offense that yeah. he should probably utilize more frequently. Yeah, I agree. And he, yeah. Like you said, it's almost been 20 or maybe over 20 games at this point. We're just kind of like, eh, come on. Um, before we move on offense, uh, I think it's important to talk about the offensive line and the false starts that happen. Uh, to my knowledge, at least four, maybe more um, false starts happen. Um, how do you stop that? Because we had that issue against Florida, and that just puts you in a deficit immediately I mean, from an offensive perspective. The only way to stop it is next year we'll have a new offensive line. <laughs> so you're that's, saying we just got to trudge through this for the next four games? Look, these are the same guys that we've had for two years. Yep. And I don't want to hate on the offensive line, but they're a group of seniors that don't play like it. Mm-hmm. And they've had their moments of glory oh, and yeah. greatness. But they have a lot of times where, for whatever reason, someone misses a block or they're just standing there. I saw a couple times in this game, we literally had an offensive lineman go for a block and then realize there was no one there to block. Uh, and that they must have missed something. Where was their player? Oh, you know where he was? He was on top of Bonix. <laughs> and so that's something that shouldn't happen for a group of seniors. The false starts, that shouldn't happen either. But it's just the way that these guys play. Yep. I don't think there's any changing it at this point. It's a group of seniors. Yeah, yeah I mean, at this point, you got what you got. And yeah. I know that's got to play into how we game plan for each game. Because, like, I mean, we were it, doing the double clap thing, mm-hmm. and everyone was supposed to be, you know, watching the ball and then getting their man. And it's just, I don't know what you do. Thankfully, you know, we're at home for the last, what, four games of the season. Correct. And then whatever the bowl game is. But still, like it, it's going to be a much quieter environment. Oh yeah. And Gus said that LSU was not as loud as Florida. Which I mean, that's that's some shade, man. <laughs> saying saying the swamp was louder than Death Valley. Oh man, Gus was 
man, he put he put LSU down. Even with LSU, I mean, okay, okay, maybe maybe this is it. They now allow alcohol, so maybe some of their fans, even though while they have alcohol in them, they're more a little bit like, oh yeah, we're winning, we're doing this, and just kind of more happy about it, and not as loud. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they have more chill drunks than angry drunks. Who knows? Maybe possible. Um, all right, let's switch over to defense uh, because defense was very crucial in this game, holding LSU to 23 points, a thing that hasn't been done uh, in a very long time. I mean, we broke LSU's 10-game streak of scoring 35 points or more in a game. So, you know, th- that's something to be said. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's probably our shining little gold star for the game. Great job. You you held them to 23 points. Sadly, offense wasn't able to score more points than 23, which is unfortunate. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'm hoping Gus is just, I don't know. I hope we can figure that part out. Anyways, back to defense. Uh, we did hold their offense, LSU's offense, to uh, 23 points, but we allowed 508 total off- yards of offense. And while that's pretty ridiculous, you can get as many yards on the field, but not get in the end zone. That's where it matters. Or getting well, it through the uprights. Here's the thing. is If you have all day in the world to pass because your offensive line is holding the defensive line and throwing him to the ground. Yeah. You're going to have offensive production, especially yeah. since you're a passing team. Yeah. And you know what? In the first quarter, we had three sacks on Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. You know how many sacks we had the rest of the game? I don't think any. None. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was when the offensive line decided, you know what? We can't stop these guys. We got to hold these guys. Yep. And the refs did nothing about it. So, or, or they said, "Hey, you're too good. We're not going to call holding." Really? I'm not. Really? I'm not here to blame the refs on this, but the defense played lights out everywhere from the front seven to the secondary, and a lot of the way that we played within the secondary was really smart because we were playing to either the first down marker or to the goal line, depending on where we were. We had a goal line stand this game. Yes. That's incredible. And that that was I think LSU had four plays to get three yards and we stopped them. Yeah. What that just shows the amazing. defensive tenacity. And I hated the fact that, you know, these guys were playing their hearts out, coming r- running all the way around mm-hmm. the offensive line and still getting thrown to the ground and then yeah. sitting in there like Big Cat Bryant and looking at the refs being like, Are you gonna do something about this? Yep. Mm-hmm ridiculous yeah exactly um i mean i think our uh, overall i mean i'm still very happy with them um i feel like a a point of growth that i i maybe i wasn't fully expecting it just knowing how good of an uh, how good lsu was at passing was i felt like we we kind of forced lsu into all right we're 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 gonna stop you on a lot of long passes which lsu typically is good at and mm-hmm. we're going to force you to make you the shorter passes, or we might even open it up and say, tempt us or tempt, tempting them to run the ball. And I think that's where, uh, number 22 for LSU, he sent it like, as soon as he, he started to say, all right, I've, we've got numbers in the box. All right. We're going to use number 22 for LSU and just run him. And it was pretty effective. I mean, they, they did a pretty decent job of using him. Um, 
let's see, you got 136 yards um, on the day with 26 carries. I mean, that's pretty productive uh, for a guy that I, I hadn't honestly heard all that much about uh, considering how good LSU's passing game is. So credit to him, and I think that's something that while we, as Auburn fans, credit ourselves in having a good defensive uh, stopping ability. I mean, but at the same time, when you're on the field for so many plays as, as on a, from defense, I mean, there's going to be times where just your defense gets beaten down. And uh, I think this was definitely one of them. Well, that's part of it. Another part is when you don't have to run through a defensive line, you're going to get some good yardage. Mm-hmm. Because True. our defensive line was taken out of the game at that point. Yep. There was nothing they could do. Um, one guy that I think was kind of quiet in the game but ended up getting the helmet sticker from Gus was Jeremiah Denson. Uh, so big congrats to him. He ended up having nine tackles on the day. Um, really did a great job overall. Um, so, I mean, that's amazing. He, he did so well this game. Actually, sorry, 15 tackles. My yeah. bad. My 15 bad. total, six solo, and he forced a fumble. Yes. So I was calling for him to get this, the uh, interception. That actually was Roger McQuarrie. So good job, McQuarrie, for getting that yeah. INT. But Jeremiah Denson did force the fumble, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I didn't hear too much of him, but in the end, you look at down at what he did, he, he stepped up when he needed to. Um, it was nice to see guys like Owen Papo uh, get a sack. Uh, man, goodness. Uh, there there was a physical game, and guys like K.J. Britt, I was like, dang it. He went down. I was like, oh, crap, 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 crap. Please be okay, just with how impactful he is. He ended up coming back, um, and uh, very thankful he got back. Um, seemed to be something maybe ankle. I wasn't 100% sure, but ended up coming back, and definitely showed again why he's KJ downhill Brett. He, he got into the backfield multiple times and, uh, it was, it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. We had multiple players get injured in this game. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Marlon Davidson was mm-hmm. one. Derek, Derek Brown, Brown another. Poked in the eye. Yeah. Yep. KJ, KJ Britt, Britt went down. Big cat. Brian went down. Yep. Uh, what was it? Our return guy. Uh, Tut. Christian Tut. Yeah. Christian Tut yeah. went down. He's on the defense as well. And then even Javaris Davis even went down for a That's little right. bit. Yep. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I think he was covering a guy, went out of bounds or something. Like It was yeah, something along those lines. But I was thinking, man, I mean, we knew going into this game, LSU's physical, Auburn's physical. It's going to be a brutal game. But, man, I, and I'm, I'm glad, at least from what Gus said, on Sunday's press conference, it seemed like none of them were serious injuries. I mean, they even came back. All it seemed like all the guys. Maybe I'm speaking wrong, but I think all the guys came back and played. Uh, so that's that's positive. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, so I mean, overall, I mean, how would you rate? I mean, our secondary with how tough of of a passer Joe is and how well he is, Joe Burrows is. How well do you think our secondary did? I think they did great. The game plan was let him get those, you know, three to five yard passes and then stop everything else. True. And, but did they get a big, big pass play? I don't remember Uh, just a huge pass play from them. I mean, the longest one that they recorded was a 45 yarder. And that was to uh, Chase 
their uh, one of their main wide receivers. Um, but I mean, besides that, the next longest was 21 yard. So you're keeping everything in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think we kind of decided let's, you know, give them the shorter routes, keep, keep everybody in front of you. And that seemed to play off very, very well. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd give our secondary a big A plus on this. Um, even though we did, uh, still allow a lot of passing yards for the most part, you did what you needed to. And yeah, uh, you expected a lot of pli- a passing yards in this game. Yeah. I think they, they performed well considering they've been our weak spot this year. Yeah. Um, Let's switch over to special teams and finish up this conversation about the LSU game. Uh, for special teams, uh, Anders Carlson, I'll start out with him. Uh, he had a 30-yard field goal, went well. Um, all of his kickoffs, great. Um, so, I mean, from him, he did great. Um, goodness, Aaron Sippus, how many times did he punt? I'm trying to remember. It was a lot. Uh, let's see. He punted the ball... 10 times average 46.2 yards. Uh, he ended up having three, uh, inside the 10 yard line and then also three over 50 yards. Uh, so that's a stellar game for him. Um, and then one of his punts kind of put it in the corner guy had to chase over and get it. And that's where we got that fumble. Um, and so he helped out and even, even the points where there were, off snaps from the long snapper Aaron was able to control those multiple times even had what was it two punts at our goal line um at the back of our goal line and got those out and uh I mean that that's awesome he he at, at times definitely saved us um and I'm very thankful for how well he did yeah we knew if it was going to be a game of inches and possessions then we need him to perform well and yeah he kicked out of the park so it was great yeah, absolutely. Um, for punt returns, we had Christian Tutt. Um, he did fine. I mean, I don't remember him doing anything bad. So uh, he had one that he ran back about three yards, but that's about it. Bear caught the others. And even had Will Hastings come in uh, for a little bit. Uh, but they even we were kind of wondering, I guess we uh, jump into this a little bit, but uh, Will Hastings didn't get much play time uh, this game, uh, except I think maybe on special teams he might have come in a little bit for at wide receiver, but wasn't targeted. He's had a couple injuries here recently. Yeah. And they're, they're minor, but, uh, yeah, just, I mean, I, I hope he stays healthy or gets back to health, uh, because that he's a guy that I, I know is one of those outlet routes that, uh, Bo can pretty reliably go to. Yeah. Back in Jordan Hare stadium should have a good final four games of the season. Yeah. Uh, we actually did have a couple of kickoff returns, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, we haven't had too many of those. Um, Noah Igbenogany had one for 32 yards, and Sean Shivers had one for 27 yards. So uh, pretty decent returns for both of them. Uh, and then also, can't can't forget about this, but LSU missed the point after attempt. Uh, that At that point, LSU could have gone up four points. Um, mm-hmm. I thought at the time this could be potentially a big thing. Uh, because I mean, it honestly could have. Well, uh, had we kicked a field goal at halftime instead of throwing up a prayer, yeah, probably would have been. It's very possible because I think we we're at like thirty-two or something. I mean, it would have been a long field goal, but I mean, at, at that point, points are points. If we can get 
through the uprights. That's that puts us to ahead before half, and I mean that could be big. Yep. Um, anything else before we go? Um, I think we've kind of hit on everything uh, that we wanted to for this LSU game. But anything else you want to uh, mention? I would love to move to the East and not have to play LSU except for every decade, <laughs> or when we sometimes meet in the SEC title game. Yeah, let's that let's make nice. that happen. That would be nice, sir. I but, I don't like these man. games. Every single year, I hate these games. Brutal, brutal. And we knew going into the season it was going to be brutal. But man, it has sure been brutal. Adding but, LSU to Amen Corner is just going to make it worse. Yep. Get ready. But I already peeked ahead. Next year's schedule. We'll we'll talk about it obviously in a later podcast. But the this year we had I'm going to say like six games I was worried about. Next year there's really only three. At Georgia, at Bama, and versus LSU at home. Those are the only three that I'm worried about. The other games, I think we got them. So, like, I think next year's schedule, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, divert from this season. This season definitely isn't <laughs> over. But next year's season will be significantly easier than uh, this gauntlet of that we've had this season. And we saw and Georgia we're, and Bama. If we're going to look ahead, then uh, 2021, we're going to send Tubbs in first. We're going to bring him to the game. We're going to have him light a cigar. We're going to have him put it out in the tiger eye in the middle of the field. <laughs> and then we're going to win that game. Hey, maybe that'll get rid of the juju that LSU somehow still has that we can't win there in yep. the last 20 years. So what's going to be? Absurd. So maybe that's our uh, counter juju. Got to clear the voodoo with uh, putting out a burnt cigar on the tiger eye <laughs> in the middle of the stadium. How how wonderful would that be? You got this, Tubbs. I'll drive you there. <laughs> drive his little golf cart down <laughs> on the field, uh, you know, and then just like put it out. Oh, I can see it, and then drive off. Yep, <laughs> it'd be so beautiful. They'd be like, "Look at what happened at the beginning of the of the game here. It was Tuberville. He put his <laughs> cigar out, in the Tiger Eye. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, but Ben, before we go, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G and on Saturdays at Captain Plainsman on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?